What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CVV Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's going on, guys? It's episode 123 of Top Rope Nation. We got a massive weekend in the world of pro wrestling on deck. We got NXT TakeOver War Games, WWE Survivor Series, all in suburban Chicago, Illinois. We are here to break it all down for you, match by match, give you our predictions, maybe help you win some money. More on that here in a little bit. But my name is Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com, the longtime host of Top Rope Nation. And uh, I'll throw it over to the second longest co-host on this show, and that is Mr. Kyle Ross. Well, I guess actually, technically, you are the longest co-host. You have been with us since, I think, episode two. Kyle, how's it going tonight? Good. Is that like it, this is the 29th annual Survivor Series or whatever? Well, the WWE always gets that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking you're the second longest host, but the longest co-host because you've mm-hmm. been my sidekick ever since the summer of 2016. Um, how are you doing tonight? We've had some technical glitches as we've been trying to get on the air, but I think pretty sure we're streaming live to YouTube right now and hopefully got some people listening. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I'm going to offer an apology right off the rip here. Um, you know, I can't guarantee that we won't have Fartgate 2 tonight on Top Rope Nation. <laughs> I don't is know. Eric what... Swalwell going to guest on the show? Did uh, I miss that? All I can say is if there's a crazy noise, man, it ain't Chris Matthews' mug going across the uh, counter here <laughs> in Top Rope Nation. Something's going on tonight, man, and I got trouble. <laughs> it's just enjoying across town having a good time that's what it is Justin. what's going on not much excited to uh you know bear down and talk about <laughs> is baby yoda the cutest thing ever <laughs> let's uh, let's not use the term bear down anytime soon oh my, my bad <laughs> it's a sore spot for me right now yeah but we can talk baby yoda baby yoda works yeah i gotta catch up i've only seen the first episode of that show so far but uh I have high hopes, so we'll see what happens. I also have high hopes for this YouTube stream. So like I mentioned, guys, we are we haven't done this in a long, long time. We are streaming live on YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Um, and so if you want us to keep doing this, go to our page, subscribe. You can hear the show live as we record it each and every week. And uh, we'll still put out the podcast version the following morning with all the bells and whistles with the intro and added audio in the background and stuff. But this is kind of just the raw live feed of the show as we go. And uh, like I said, if it's popular, we'll keep doing it. Uh, we've had some technical glitches, but I think I think everything is going 
pretty good right now, guys. Is my microphone cut out at all? Not once. Okay. So that's good. We are good to go. Fuck um, it. Let's cave so... it and say there was no technical glitches ever. <laughs> it worked. It worked perfect the whole time. We've been going good. <laughs> guys, if you've never heard the show before and you're on YouTube, like it said, subscribe. But if you're on the podcast feed, we have 93,173 on... people listening right now on YouTube. <laughs> I wish I, I wish because uh, we need more subscribers to monetize this show. Um, we need to get up to a thousand subscribers. We got a few hundred, but uh, it help us out if you subscribe. And even if you're listening on the podcast feed, head over to the YouTube page for a second. Subscribe. Every every single one helps us out. Uh, also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Podbean, wherever podcasts are found. You can find more information about the show at topropenation.com. We've got links there to all of our merchandise, uh, including Pro Wrestling Tees. This weekend is going to be doing a 20% off sale. So when you are hearing this podcast, that's happening. So uh, if you want to support the show, get a Top Rope Nation t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash Top Rope Nation. And if you really want to support the show and fund us, head on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation. You can get bonus content there, communicate with the show in kind of a behind the scenes way and get a free gift in the mail. All the details are over on patreon.com slash top rope nation. So with all of that being said, guys, I think uh, it's time to get to the in the news segment for this week. All the latest wrestling news. Get behind the scenes inside a info. So the big story in the last 24 hours as we record this is uh, Jim Cornette has resigned from NWA. Uh, we've talked about NWA on the show a little bit. The NWA power show on YouTube has been a hit. People rave about it. Jim Cornette is someone we talk about here and there in our text feed between us. I think we all have a lot of respect for Jim Cornette as far as his knowledge on the business goes. But I think what happened on NWA Power, Kyle, was uh, indefensible. I think this move had to be made. Your uh, initial reactions to Jim Cornette being out at NWA, Kyle? So I think it's appropriate on a situation such as this, that we choose our own words carefully. Mm. And the word that keeps ruminating in my head here is the word disappointing. It's not just disappointing what was said or that it somehow made, made it through quality control. That's obvious. But you know, what's like really disappointing is how inevitable this felt because for all of his positives, having Jim as a commentator, it almost feels this was a case of not if, but when. Yeah. And and that's what's disappointing because Jim does have a lot of good to offer this industry, I think. You know, I mean, he he, he was hired because he's a thought of as a, a good color man. Uh, I I know it's not the appropriate time to say this right now, maybe, but I still think um, in terms of episodes of podcasts I've listened to, the one where he broke down 
Monday Night Raw. It was earlier this year. It was whatever episode the Revival won their first tag team titles. It is among the best podcast episodes I've heard in wrestling all year in 2019. And that, again, makes it all the more disappointing because when someone has good to offer but can't get out of their own way, um, it's just it's no good. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the in this case, you know, while there's more good than bad, the bad still finds a way to outweigh the good. I would agree. Justin, what did you think when you heard about this? Or what, what did you think of the comments even? Just, it's just bad. It's just bad all around. It's bad that he's he said that. I mean, you'd think he would know better. Um, and it's sad that it, you know, made it past the editing stage. I, you know, I don't understand that at all either. Um, yeah, that was my it, biggest surprise. Is how did this get through editing weeks and weeks ago? This was recorded. Yeah, is there an editor by the way for NWA Power? Yeah. I think is is an issue, maybe. Yeah. So that that to me too was I don't, I don't know if anyone's losing their job over this, and I don't want to call for anyone's job, but my God, how do you let that slip through the editing room? Well, a couple things. One is God, it's amazing how people like find this or remember it or save it. But Dave Lagana, there were some people in the aftermath of this whole issue pointing to uh, his poor retweet history. Mm. Some, some uh, comments, which would certainly be construed as anti-diversity. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also as far as the comment itself about the, you know, fried chicken and Ethiopia, Jim Cornette made this same joke on WWE TV 25 years ago. I don't know if mm. you guys knew I that. Not, I did not know that. No. It was like it was like during a Bob Backlund match on the Action Zone, so that's probably why not a lot of people caught it. But yeah, somebody posted. It's like here's Jim making the same joke 25 years ago, and it was wrong 25 years ago, but you could get away with it 25 years ago. It's just, I mean, to think that you can make that joke now is just come on. Again, disappointing. It's just disappointing how inevitable it was that he would do something like this. And it's disappointing, you know, that someone who can offer constructive criticism and someone who's constructive criticism, I often agree with, quite frankly, um, towards modern wrestling, um, just can't get out of his own way. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is my final point with Jim. Maybe you guys have friends like this or just know someone like this or can just think of another celebrity like this. There are these people who kind of fall in love with their online personas and they get way too wrapped up in it. And Mm. I feel that's happened to Jim recently where if you follow him on Twitter, there's a lot of this, Oh Jim, look at this stupid thing that happened at this indie show this week. Make fun of it. Just say how much it sucks. And like he got so wrapped up in that. I mean, I know that's independent actually from the comment that he made on NBA Power, but I just feel as far as the not being able to get out of his own way, it's an issue that's plagued Jim. I've noticed recently where he's just gotten way too wrapped up in like going off. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of what people want from him, but you have to be careful, you know, not to descend in self parody. And then, you know, if, if, you're someone who feels you're above being filtered. You get what you had there. Charles Barkley, same thing this week, by the way, if you mm-hmm. follow the news. Yeah. 
So I was debating if I was going to bring this up because we don't like to get too political on this show. But Jim Cornette is a guy on Twitter who professes to be a liberal. He's always bashing Donald Trump. Um, how do you square this away? <laughs> you know, because if the guy's supposed to be a, like a progressive, why is he making racist jokes? And I, I mean, like you said, this this kind of seemed inevitable, Kyle. And I've always kind of found that troubling. You know, like I don't. He doesn't seem like someone who would be like a a liberal, a progressive, but he makes these kinds of comments. And I've I've seen people speculate like, is he really is he really someone that would bash Donald Trump, you know, or is, is this all like a ruse for him? Uh, any thoughts on that from either of you? Because it doesn't really it doesn't really square away with what his political beliefs supposedly are for a guy to, you know, be a supporter of the party that, you know, pushes civil rights comments i just don't think that you can make it that monolithic you know i I don't think you know it's fair to you know just say well you know all democrats don't make prejudice i mean yeah democrats certainly make racist remarks don't get me wrong but like his whole persona other than other than bashing trump it doesn't really line up at all there is a inherent hypocrisy there when you are bashing someone like Donald Trump, and then you go on television and you make a comment that, quite frankly, would not surprise you if Donald Trump said it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you're getting, you're right. You, there, there is absolutely an inherent hypocrisy there. I think it just boils down to he's from a generation um, and in an industry where this was uh, not just acceptable, but laughed at for a long time. If you, I mean... If you go back and listen to 80s commentary, I mean, it is stunning, some of the things you will hear uh, from, like, every promotion. I mean, I love Bobby Heenan as much as the next guy, but, like, I mean, he said a lot of stuff that it's just like, holy God, he would be crucified if he said that Yeah, in 2019. I think, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point because that's true, too, based on what I was talking about. I mean... Older Democrats and Republicans are certainly a lot different than younger Democrats and Republicans. So, and it doesn't absolve him from what he said. He, I mean, you, you, if you're on television or just or, or in any sort of public setting, you have to know now. And I don't want to hear oh, fucking PC, fucking PC police. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. You just have to know. You can say whatever the hell you want in the privacy of your own home. I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't say on your couch. I don't give a damn, quite frankly. Right. But if you're someone where, you know, you're speaking, you know, on television or streaming on the internet, you you just can't say it. You just can't. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's switch topics. I think we covered that pretty well. Let's go to CM Punk's uh, first full show on WWE backstage. Uh, I know I watched it live. I'm sure you guys either saw it live or saw the highlights or saw it after the fact. I watched it live and I was strangely excited to watch it. I was too. I was too. Absolutely. Uh, So just, just around the horn, just right away. What did you guys think of his debut? Do you think he did a good job? Did it make you more likely to watch the show in the future? Just any uh, first impressions. Let's throw it to Justin. Make sure he's still awake over there. Justin. I am. Um, I did not watch it live. Um, I read about it and then went and found some of the clips. 
Um, I was busy watching The Talented Mr. Ripley, which is a fantastic movie from 1999. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, not, nothing blew me away about it. I mean, he's going to be good at it uh, when he's there, because apparently he's not going to be full time. So um, I don't know. I guess I, 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 for some reason, and I can't pinpoint it, I just have a, a whole lot of reservations about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kyle? So he did get some substantive stuff out there. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I found pretty amusing, maybe ironic is the better term than amusing, is that I thought him being on that show actually um, fell into the same criticism he made about the WWE product. Let, let, let me explain here so I, I don't confuse everyone. So he made this comment about the women's revolution. He, he he put over the women. But then he's like, you know what I don't really like is they is WWE really hits you over the head with, it's a women's revolution. It's a women's revolution. And that's not a bad take, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is watching this show, he, he again, he got there was some substantive stuff. He got his dig in on, you know, the the big dog segment, but that felt like low hanging fruit, quite frankly. But this was not CM Punk returning to WWE. I felt that this was a show about CM Punk returning to WWE, you know, and it was guilty of kind of what he was saying. WWE does in the sense it was like CM Punk's back. Oh, you're going to hear all this, you know, controversial stuff, but you really didn't hear anything too controversial. It was just like, Oh, it's CM Punk. You know what that means. But you didn't really get any of what it's supposed to mean. You know? Mm-hmm. They yeah. were kind of just hitting you over the head with, oh, the rules have changed. You know, the culture has changed with CM Punk in the house. But it just kind of felt like a WWE produced show. Um, I hope he does get some, you know, more constructive criticisms and I hope they just don't like throw him the low hanging fruit like that big dog segment every week where it's like oh, okay here's the one thing that everyone agrees absolutely suck balls on WWE television this week let's you know throw the softball up to punk and say yeah that sucked mm-hmm. you know I, I mean it was funny what he said but I, I just hope that it's I hope his criticism moving forward is a little more pointed and not just you know so, uh, you know, just like anyone can criticize that segment. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I hope it's, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm struggling to find what the word is um, for the kind of criticism I'm looking for pointed, you know, um, instructive, whatever. I, I just, I hope that's what we get out of him moving forward. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought he came across pretty honest it felt like his criticisms were real and that they were letting him go beyond the wwe script a little bit but at the same time i did kind of come away thinking he's still not that familiar with the product like there Mm -hmm. was a question they posed to him early about what he likes or like who the performers are that he likes right now and he was kind of struggling answering the question it was i could just tell that like he does he hasn't really watched the product much even now and he's he's still kind of trying to catch up so you make a good point about constructive criticism. I think he'll definitely have to get more familiar with the product because that came through to me that he wasn't really. That, that's a really great point. I think that did kind of, you don't want to say hurt. That sounds too harsh. But, you know, if you're going to be someone who peop, who 
people seek out your criticism mm. or your takes on the product. You have to, you know, be up on the product, know the product. If, if you know, it's, I mean, anyone who has watched WWE in the last couple of years can tell you that shows overproduced, mm. you know? Um, so I, and I look for, I mean, he came across, you know, very much like, you know, this is what I want to say. Like no one was telling him what to say. Uh, right. And, and I enjoyed it. I, you know, by the way, Renee Young is like so much better in her role on that show than she was as a color commentator for raw. Like she is like really, really good in that role. And it's mostly unscripted too. I feel like, cause there was a moment where the camera panned around and you could see uh, the camera, you could see the teleprompter and she was talking and talking and talking, but like the words weren't moving at all. You know, like they probably do have some talking points up there and like segments they got to get to and stuff. I'm sure they have that, but it's not like scripted word for word or anything. No, I mean, and you, was- you could, yeah, you could tell that, I mean, she can do that kind of thing very, very well. And I agree. She is really, really good in that role. Yeah. And she was really good on talking smack with Daniel Bryan. So, and you know, and her and punk had pretty good chemistry too. You know, mm-hmm. I all got the dig and it's like, oh, well, who's your favorite member of the shield? But that made me laugh. That was a hoot. So yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something to watch. I think it's something I'm gonna make a point to either tune into or you know, set the DVR for. And I don't know that I could say it before. I did enjoy the early episodes of it, like the free or like the preview episodes they did, kinda without much promotion. And so I think it is a cool concept. It's a fun watch, but with punk on there, I'll definitely make a point to watch it. Um so do you guys think he's going to wrestle? We got to talk about it because yes. they threw that out several times. What do you think, Justin? Nope. Don't think so. Kyle? Wow. No, I think it's a lock. Yeah, I think. Why? It's why? Sure why, why is it a lock? Well, because I mean, he even said on there, he's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't. If he's going to say. You don't, I don't want to come on here and say, and do the never say never routine. Then. Something will come up eventually. Like right now he's in a position of strength, you know, like Seth Rollins is already like trying to work this fucking angle with him. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about Seth Rollins later on. And like, he kind of dismissed. He's like, you know, I'm not here to work angles with people. And he's in a, he just came in. He's a position of strength. Eventually though, you know, if he's around long enough, something's going to happen. um, Or they'll come up with an idea for him that will bring him back. I mean, for God's sake, I mean, Bret Hart, who was effectively fired on live television and humiliated. Um, and his brother then two years late, less than two years later died in a WWE ring. He came back. Mm-hmm. Like that's the litmus test for me. I mean, if, once Bret Hart came back, like I feel like anyone could come back. I would be shocked if he's not at mania this year. Wow. Okay. I'm not, I would. Okay. Wow. I wouldn't go that. I wasn't prepared to go that far, but <laughs> you got to strike while the iron's hot. Well, I mean, we're talking what five, six months from now. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing in my notes. I, when I am going to criticize the current state of WWE television, I do have, what the fuck is the WrestleMania main event for next year? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because- but here's one other point on CM Punk though, before we get off of this. Uh, so for him to come back at WrestleMania and someone raised this point to me the other day, does he have to become what he always bashed before the part-timers coming in to steal a WrestleMania spot? 
I mean, is that how does he how does he work his way around that? That that was the question posed to uh, me. I think I think the biggest problem he had with that though was like the main event slot specifically. Um, I'm just gonna be blunt. I thought that was a bad take at the time by him. Right, I agree. And he's and- always, like if he's always been pretty complimentary of The Rock since well, then. So I don't think he really had much of a problem with the rock. Well, it, it's one of the, it, it's, it's funny. Once you get perspective, you understand why you, you understand. Like, I think once you're in a position like he's in now, he's like, you know, Oh, I can do this and not have to, you know, be on the road all the time and be on TV every week. Oh, Oh, this is the smart way to do it. I think, I think once you get to that position, you gain an appreciation for it. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not in that position, you obviously resent it. So it's not like I besmirch him for thinking that way at the time. He was a guy who was probably next to John Cena, the most important full-time wrestler on that roster. And because they brought the rock in, he got squeezed out of the main event scene. So of course he's going to be pissed off. You would hope he'd be pissed off about it, but his take about all these fucking part-timers was a bad take at the time. You know, Meltzer really took him to task for it. And um, I was very happy to read that at the time. Yeah, so I don't think he would be in the main event if he wrestles this year or next year. I think the biggest problem he had was it was very, very clear when he left the company, the biggest thing he was mad about was never getting the WrestleMania main event, specifically the main event slot. And I don't think I I doubt his return would be in the main event. Well, I think you guys think it would be the main event. You think so? I think that's what it's going to take to bring him back. Yeah, if that's I agree. The case, then then it. it would be it would it would come across hypocritical if that's the case, Justin. No, I just I, I agree that it, it would take the main event to get him back. But the one thing too is WWE can be somewhat coy. We've seen this in recent years. There, the last couple manias, there isn't that true main event. You know, you can always point to it's like okay, well, we think we know what's going on last, and yeah. You know, the women, because of the way the match was presented, had to go on last Mm. last year. But, you know, it's not like it used to be, like in the Hulk Hogan era, where it was one big match and then, you know, the undercard was, you know, maybe a couple couple feuds and just other than that, it was random matches. You know, nowadays you have three, four matches that are, you know, kind of like co-headlining almost. I'm just thinking along the lines of the main event's likely to be a title match, and I don't think he's going to be wrestling for a title. No, you're right. Yeah, that, that's also very true. You're right. He, I do not think there's really any chance he would come back on a full time basis. Yeah. So we'll see. But I mean, it's interesting. It makes me likely, like I said, to tune in, and uh, I thought it was a fun watch. Yeah. So it basically doubled its viewers from the previous week, the show. So yeah. I think it did about 80,000 more. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if what it is next week. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get to our topic of the week? Well, I'd want to do. Should we talk about AEW Dynamite first here? Just a little bit. Uh, well, we could talk. We could hit on who we thought won the Wednesday Night Wars this week. Uh, kind of work both of those in. Um, I don't know who won it. Really, I thought both shows were good, and I think that's what matters. Yeah, I thought both shows were real. I, I thought both b- both shows were exceptionally strong. This one was actually one of my favorite Wednesdays. Uh, so far, 
Yeah, I, I would I would concur. It was super strong. I mean, it was very, very hard to pick a uh, a winning show over on Comic Book in our weekly column. Uh, Justin, what did you make of the night? Uh, I enjoyed it. Not near as much as you guys. I th- actually thought it was one of the weaker Wednesdays for me. Um, I, I, I dev- was I was on NXT a lot more. Um, and even then, I, I was kind of, I don't know, I think, and we'll get into this in the Survivor Series, but I'm just so over this all this invasion stuff it just doesn't mean anything except i guess so, to pop a rating yeah i that's true i i kind of felt this week like i had to watch nxt first and foremost because i knew we'd be doing the podcast and doing the preview for takeover and survivor series so every other week i've primarily been watching AEW and kind of like keeping AEW or i mean nxt like on my laptop off to the side and then i would kind of flip over to that if something really good was on and kind of go back on the dvr but this week yeah i was i was more tuned into nxt and the ratings certainly reflected that because nxt barely but for the first time uh beat AEW in total viewership um in the demographic ratings they were still behind slightly to AEW and like 18 to 49 18 to 34 um nxt did win the over 50 crowd but they've been winning that <laughs> pretty much every week yeah they, they've got that hands down yeah i i just want to go back to something we talked about on last week's show when we had our ratings discussion mm-hmm. after aew was over this week i was laughing about that because uh anyone who you know subscribes to the observer knows that dave wound up giving the john moxley kenny omega match that he hated four and a half stars and i'm watching this john moxley darby allen main event which was absolutely superior to the john moxley kenny omega match in every way and i'm like well what's dave going to come back with now yeah because like (laughs) because like i love the like you know i mean as much as i love uh mox and allen it wasn't four and three quarter stars but then again i mean the idea that the omega moxley match was four and a half was is downright laughable so Mm -hmm. um yeah, God, I love that match, like a lot. The Darby Allen John Moxley match. I, I thought from the second it started, as soon as Allen hit that tope suicida, I was like, I am in this. <laughs> and then, like the counter to the coffin drop, it was just great. I mean, book the show was strong, bookended by two really good matches. Um, the Nick Jackson Ray Phoenix match was really good too. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, and the Jericho promo segment again was good. Um, mm-hmm. AEW, you know, a buddy texted me this, and he's completely right. AEW, certainly compared to WWE main roster, and probably even to NXT, it leaves you wanting more. You, you like, look forward to the show next week. You're like, oh, I wonder what will happen next week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, WWE television has not done a good job. One of the reasons, because there's so much of it, but they don't do a good job of that. No. I agree. Yeah, you're onto something there with the so much of it because the AEW. Yeah, you don't you get that one show. You got AEW Dark, and uh, I guess if you watch Being the Lead or whatever behind the scenes, but uh, something to be said for not having too much content out there. That is for sure. But uh, I agree. I I look forward to that show more than any other wrestling show these days. Easily. So, uh, all right. Well, yeah, I think. Strong cards for both shows Wednesday night. Great night to be a wrestling fan altogether. Uh, I think uh, I thought NXT won the week. What did you think, Kyle? If you had to pick, I'm not doing that gimmick. 
<laughs> I mean, I have to for my job, but yeah. I, th- I thought NXT, I mean, they, like you said, Justin, to pop a rating, they brought in all the people. You got Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley uh, right away. And uh, I, ju- I just thought overall NXT had the better card, but both shows were really, really good. I mean, they were both A shows. I thought, Justin, what would you say if you had to pick? Um, but maybe slightly towards NXT. I, I loved that uh, revival and undisputed era match. That was probably my favorite match of the night. That was, yeah, I thought that, that was, was the best match of the night. Outstanding. Too. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So that that was kind of my tiebreaker. I gave it to NXT pretty much because of the tag match, but you, yeah, you, it, you it know, was close. You know, Meltzer pointed this out though too. Um, he kind of it was almost like a correction of his uh, cohort Brian Alvarez. You know, I think as far as like the popping a rating, like it actually did make sense to move, you know, the main roster folks on NXT, given what they're doing for survivor series. It made sense to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think it would have been terribly disappointing had they lost the ratings war this week. And I hate saying yeah. ratings war, but like, you know, I mean, I mean, triple H all but guaranteed that something big would happen. You know, that promo he cut at the end of raw, you know, it was basically just like, hey, if you folks don't watch NXT, this is the week you need to watch it. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the number is next week. Yeah, I think I think it'll the viewership will revert probably back to AEW winning next mm-hmm. week. But uh, because, yeah, you, they put a lot of eggs in the basket for NXT this week and they just barely won the viewership like it was it was really, really close. But uh, what was it, about like 20,000 or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. So we, we shall see. But I mean, it's success for both for both brands, for sure. So. All right. Let's get. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say the only negative thing on AEW I thought was that Kenny Omega promo was bad. Mm. Bad I promo. Was, I don't know. I don't know. Meltzer knee slapping and encouraging it is worse. I actually <laughs> thought it was horrendous too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. I love you with all my heart and soul. I knew that was coming. There it is. <laughs> all right, like, let's get. It's just like stop being so quirky. Kenny has, you know, he has come up short a little bit on AEW so far, like the entire run, I think. Yeah. I I mean, mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, I mean, it was funny. I mean, Meltzer led you to believe that this was the guy that they were going to build the entire company around. And if you're going by that standard, yeah, he has come up short. So, yeah. All right. Let's get to this big weekend we got ahead of us. So the topic of the week, we got NXT TakeOver, Survivor Series, Allstate Arena, Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, I was debating going to these shows for many, many months. Ended up not working out. Couldn't swing it. But uh, I will be eagerly tuning in to both shows. But if you're more of a general fan who isn't as crazy as us, you're not recording podcasts. You're not listening to wrestling podcasts. You know, you, you just tune in when you're interested. Is this the least focused NXT takeover of all time, Mr. Joint? Um, I don't know if that's quite the word for it, but I'm not near as excited for it. And part of that is just because of the War Games matches and because there's two of them. Um, that, that plays a big part, but my, my enthusiasm for it isn't 
quite as high as it normally is. Right. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't seem like you go into these other takeover weekends when they're doubled up with the, with the pay-per-views from the main roster. And you always kind of think like takeover is going to be the better show. That's usually the one we're most pumped about. You can check out the archives when we preview these shows. We're always super excited for takeover, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I am really looking forward to the riddle Balor match, but outside of that, I think, I think the war games matches will be good they're gonna be good matches i'm i can't say that i'm like super pumped to watch them though uh there's intrigue with the triple threat for sure i'm pretty high on damian priest and that goes back just into our our days attending that ring of honor show down in new orleans um i think uh, i think that'll be a good match but as far as like emotionally connecting for the show it's not quite on the level of the past events for me kyle so as far as the focus goes, you know, I think the issue that TakeOver is having is, you know, you've got the NXT guys involved with the main roster show for the first mm-hmm. time. And that, you know, has split the focus. You know, you, people, there are some people, I'm sure, very excited about seeing NXT guys mix it up with Raw and SmackDown guys and, and girls. And, you know, that's the big thing. And it kind of almost makes takeover secondary. And then Justin hit it on it too. With the two war games matches, it just kind of feels not to the extent survivor series is. And I have a feeling we're all going to kind of go off on that, but you know, kind of like plug and play like, okay, well Mm -hmm. we've got it. You know, undisputed era is a logical choice to be in war games. Okay. Now let's just, you know, find four baby faces to oppose them. Um, We've got a lot of women, (laughs) <laughs> that we want to get on TV. Let's do a war games. I actually think the build for that has been superior to the men's quite frankly, but um, yeah, in terms of my interest, I, I think um, it's, it's a little lower than normal. Yeah. What would you say is the match you're most looking forward to Kyle? I don't know if there's one specifically. I get maybe the women's war game, even though like Justin, I, I, it's a reality. I understand why they do it, but we've seen it with the main roster gimmicks, the elimination chambers, the money, in the banks, it, it, it re it Royal rumbles. Now it's not a good idea to have the same gimmick match twice on the same show, just because you have yeah, met absolutely women. agree. That is a great take, Kyle Ross. Thank you. I mean, love you with all my heart and soul. I, I know why they do it, and it's 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 dicey to talk around. You know, the WWE does do a good job at you know presenting the women seriously now, and and is equal quote unquote equals. But ugh, I just you know, War Games, the, the original gimmick, there was just months and months of feuding building up to that, and, and it's mm-hmm. funny. Um, for if you're old school like myself, I don't know if you guys had the tape, but I dubbed it back in the day the the '87 Great American Bash commercial tape they released that had the first War Games on it. The second War Games match is also on there with uh, War Machine, uh, replace Ray Trailer, uh, replacing JJ Dillon on the heel side. No one ever talks about that match, <laughs> <laughs> and I just think it's really hard you know, for one of the matches to stand out, you know, when, when essentially it's just the same gimmick. 
So I, hopefully there's some creativity involved um, that makes the matches unique. But I actually have not liked the WWE versions of War Games so far at all. Was this the third year in a row they've done it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought last year's went on way too long. I was like, I thought it was like almost watching paint dry. Yeah, I agree. I thought I thought the first year was pretty good. Last year definitely went too long. I in fact I can I can remember dozing off watching it actually. Yeah. I think it, I watched it like on delay late that night. It, it was one of those matches you're like looking at your phone and then like you know Moro mm-hmm. like freaking overreacts to something you look up. You're like, "Oh, that's nice." And then you like go back to looking at your phone. <laughs> it's one of those matches where I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, "Which match? It's the weekend. We're all up late. What what match is Kyle and Justin talking about from 15 to 20 years ago that I can put on <laughs> right now?" <laughs> um before we go on we're going to predict these matches but i do got to mention uh partners with the show wrestlerumble.com uh they haven't had they haven't done this for a couple of months they're back they're they're back with a double whammy this weekend guys uh they are doing the contest on saturday for nxt takeover war games as well as survivor series on sunday uh so if you head on over to wrestlerumble.com you can get your entry and you pick, you predict the winners of the matches. You predict things like how long the matches are going to go or weapons going to be involved, things like that. You can win real prizes. It's good stuff. It makes watching the shows a lot more fun, I think. Um, the NXT War Games contest, if you win first place, you can win a replica of the Winged Eagle WWF Championship belt, the one they used from uh, 88 to 98. You can get one of those for winning the contest. Uh, and then Survivor Series on Sunday night. First place will win $500. Second place, $100. And third place, $100. So you can win some big cash. Uh, it makes, like I said, you watch the show. You're, you're watching for your predictions. It makes it a lot of fun. makes it more entertaining. You can see if you can beat Justin and Kyle and myself. We'll be playing, as always. Head on over to WrestleRumble.com to get your entry. And, oh, by the way. If you want to get a free entry into the contest, we're giving away a free entry every time they do this. Wrestle Rumble is generous enough to let us give a give away an entry to one of our listeners. All you have to do, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating, and leave us a written review. All right, and in that written review, let us know your Twitter username. Like, sign it with your Twitter username so we know who you are. Leave us a good review. And uh, this weekend, we'll look at all the new new reviews that have came in, and uh, we'll pick one of them to give a free entry to. That's a $10 value. All you got to do is leave us a written review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search Top Rope Nation. You can do it on an iPhone. You can do it on your, your laptop, your desktop computer. You can pull it all up and get yourself a free entry and possibly win $500 on Sunday night during the Survivor Series. So we'll be watching for those reviews to come in, and uh, we will be reading every single one of them on the air next week with episode 124. Pretty good deal, right, Kyle? Absolutely. The Survivor Series. Is that like the SummerSlam, Bret Hart? <laughs> we'll see them in the SummerSlam, yeah, in the Survivor Series. So, yes, WrestleRumble.com. I think... Let's see. Kyle, you've won money on there before, right? I sure have. I won big at WrestleMania. That's right. Justin, have you won money on there? I can't remember. I have not. You've placed like in the top 25, though, or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've we've all had our names come up in the the winning list. So 
definitely it's it's a lot of fun check it out guys definitely wanted to mention that before we go on to these predictions but uh nxt takeover has four matches the war games matches likely to get a lot of time justin as the resident finn balor fan here on the show what is your excitement level for his match with matt riddle and do you have a winner for us uh, well i love both these guys uh matt riddle just a fantastic sweater and uh finn balor kind of an <laughs> underrated sweater um <laughs> I, I think this is definitely going to be finn balor getting the victory in his first uh return to nxt match um and you can have him do something heelish to really get that over with so uh the this should be really good. I there really hasn't been a riddle match I've been disappointed with uh yet. So uh this is gonna be good. Okay. Kyle. Justin hit on something really key there, and I'll, I'll get back to it in a moment. Um, but yeah, all signs point to Balor winning. I mean, you, you can't have him lose his first big match as a heel. I just you know hope Riddle suplexes him enough times where Balor winds up being able to cut a good promo moving forward. That's something <laughs> I'm looking forward to. But what Justin said that was absolutely spot on is do something heelish. You know, too often we see somebody turn heel in WWE and they still kind of just work with the same move set. They still kind of wrestle like a baby face. Um, you know, that's what you do when you have an entire generation of people idolizing Shawn Michaels. This needs to be a heel finish. Finn Balor needs to cheat to win this match. I don't care what you grew up reading in the Observer or wherever that, you know, oh, you know, not a clean finish. I'm going to deduct a quarter star. Fucking deduct your quarter star. It needs to be a heel finish. <laughs> yeah, hard to, hard to disagree with that, Kyle. I would agree. I think the bigger question here, I, I think I think Balor has to win. The bigger question is, where does Finn Balor go after this, though, with his return to NXT? Uh, we're not going to have a TakeOver event until WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be a while. They're doing the Worlds Collide in January during the Rumble weekend. So, uh, I mean, I know they have the they got the weekly national cable show now, so they could still do big matches in the interim. But where do we think Finn Balor goes after probably defeating... Uh, Matt Riddle here. Do you have any ideas, Justin? Uh, my assumption is a feud with Gargano. Yeah, I don't, but he's hurt I don't as, as the problem, right? Yeah, I, I haven't heard as to how long he's going to be out. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it's kind of a wait and see game. Yeah, I mean, that was you know, my thing. I mean, I think this, you know, this was supposed to be Finn and Gargano with, you know, presu again, presumably Finn going over. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of wait and see. He's kind of going to be holding, uh, treading water so to speak, I think until Gargano comes back, because I think you were maybe alluding to this with your question, Justin, I, I don't know if I see him getting into a title picture because so, you, have, yeah. you have such a ready-made program with Cole and Ciampa that that should take precedent. And, you know, he's, he's got a, you know, a whole bunch of baby faces that he's never faced before. You know, he can just run through them for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think this was a question we posed in our article on comic book. That's why I brought it up. But Gargano, like you said, was the obvious answer. But the injury, there's kind of a there's we don't know. We don't know where he's going to go. But uh, I feel like they could throw him into that title match and make it like a triple threat. But 
as you mentioned, probably not ideal to do that. But I mean, a Cole Ciampa Balor match would be awesome. But that's also like a takeover quality match. And they don't have one of those for five months now after the fact. So I don't really know. I think it's an intriguing question because if, if Gargano's out for a long time, yeah, you could have him wrestle some of the faces on the roster, but it's not going to have the same kind of excitement as what they've built up with Johnny in the uh, previous few weeks. So have not cheat to win a bunch of matches and learn how to cut a good, while well, he learned how to a good promo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Finn Balor. Oh, all right. Fergie. So we're, <laughs> poor Fergal. We're all on the Fergal bandwagon though for this match. All right. How about the triple threat match with uh, the number one contendership for an NXT title shot at Survivor Series the next night? We got Pete Dunn, Killian Dane, Damian Priest. Justin, I mentioned it. When Damian Priest was Punishment Martinez in ROH, we were pretty impressed with him at that show, WrestleMania 34 weekend down in New Orleans. And uh, you would think. I think going into this, Dunn seems like the obvious choice because he's the biggest star in the match. He's the one that uh, like most of the main roster fans are most familiar with. I think he's the safest pick for a winner here, but personally, I'd rather see Damian Priest get the victory. But if I if when push comes to shove, I'm picking Pete Dunn here. Justin, you? I agree with what you said. I, I'm going with Dunn. The problem with Priest winning... Um, you know, he's a big guy. He's got a great look. He, he's really good in the ring. I don't think you want him uh, going and losing the very next night to Adam Cole. Cause I, I don't think, you know, I don't see Adam Cole losing the title at Survivor Series. Uh, and yeah, I think I it'd be a lot easier for Dunn to uh, lose at Survivor Series and not really, you know, lose any momentum. Okay. And plus you get Kyle. more of a straightforward baby face first heel match too. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. And now I'm thinking about changing what I was going to say. Uh, I'll tell you who's not winning is Killian Dane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you know, to be fair, I thought he was always the most interesting part of sanity, but you know, the way he's been positioned, he's not going to be put into something meaningful, like a title match on a main roster pay-per-view. Pete Dunn fans may not want to hear this. I'll say it though. I, I still think the best spot for him, honestly, is winning back the UK title. I think that, I think he can be the man of that brand. I know that, you know, some people will be like, oh, but, I, you know, I like Pete Dunn. I have to watch this show. Well, yeah, that's the point of having, a, if you're going to have a brand, you're going to want people to watch it. So um, I still think that's the best spot for him. I am echoing your guys' sentiments with Damian Priest. Don't quote me wrong. I'm all in on this guy. Good look. They brought him along slowly. The counter to what Justin said, and what Justin said is completely correct, that I don't know if, you know, that, all right, you're going to put this guy on TV and have him suffer his first loss uh, in a match that has his greatest exposure. But I think the flip side is that does Damian Priest maybe translate the best to a main roster show? I would say yes. Yeah, so I'm going to pick Damian Priest. I mean, the thing is, though, they can have him not lose here because obviously Dane could just eat the fall. But um, I don't know. I'm going to pick Damian Priest. You know, the, the counter to him being, you know, the best representative on a big roster show is that this is in Chicago and Pete Dunn's going to get a big reaction. That's true. By the way, how about them doing a random NXT title match with 
the challenger being determined the night before on Survivor Series. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. I, I kind of yeah. don't think they needed to add that, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, they had that done Tyler Bate match on NXT TakeOver, the first NXT TakeOver Chicago a couple years ago. That is still one of my favorite um, WWE matches of the last couple of years. So Dunn has has performed well in front of this crowd before. That's but true. Uh, I, I want to pick, pick Damian Priest, like you said, Kyle, because I am all in on this guy too. It just feels like... They got to send this guy out there in front of the more general audience the next night. And Dunn is more familiar with them. So Dunn seems like the safe choice. My heart wants to pick Damian Priest, though. But I think I'll go with Pete Dunn. I, I could see myself for my Wrestle Rumble entry changing to Pete Dunn <laughs> when push comes to shove. Because <laughs> Pre- you remember, Priest beat him once on TV. So, you know, if he doesn't factor into the fall, it really doesn't hurt him not winning here. Yeah. Yeah. That should be looks good. Mm-hmm. His takeover debut, by the way. Yes. Well, like we said, Kyle, you've won big money on Wrestle Rumble. So maybe your pick is the one the listener should go with if they enter the contest, but we shall see. Just don't pick Killian uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to finish with the women's match since that sounds like that's the one that's more anticipated for all of us. So let's go to the men's war games match. So we got the undisputed area era cole fish o'reilly and strong taking on Tommaso champa keith lee uh dijakovic and to be announced this to be announced guy is in a lot of matches this weekend yes <laughs> um i don't need to know who that is to pick champa's team here i feel like with champa being the contender for cole i think his team gets the win that's pretty much my logic for this one how do you feel about this one, Justin? Uh, boy, I, I was really leaning towards Undisputed Era. I think, I believe they won the first one and then lost last year. Um, Adam Cole being the champion. Well, all of them being champions, you, I mean, it'd be a good look for them to be the, the winners, uh, especially because they're the cohesive unit. Um, I guess the thing I'm just not sure of is who's that, to be announced as i mean if that's you know like velveteen dream i i don't know who takes the loss on that team where you know you got you know few guys on undisputed era who can uh, take the pin or the submission it's not going to be that big of a deal um i just think undisputed era maybe needs it just a little bit more than team champa does and plus you know that can build the feud up a little bit hotter than i think Team Champa winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just look at it as Undisputed Era. They all, they, like you said, they got all the titles. They've had their hands held high previously at the last big show. And I don't know. I think, I think Champa being, you know, fresh off his return, this is a good opportunity for a big victory. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I think if the babyface team wins, it makes a ready made title match. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 this is, you know, WWE, we all have kind of, come to loathe the trope of champions losing nine title matches. But this is a spot actually where it's logical to do that. And it makes sense and it's fine. As far as TBA goes, I'm going to throw a name out here. Total wild card selection. Don't want to get your guys hopes up and be wrong, but I'm going to throw out the name Kevin Owens. Hmm. Okay. I to see pay, it. it would pay off that triple H 
segment from Raw. And I know, you know, Kevin Owens is friends with Adam Cole. And I know he's wanted to work with him. And I think, you know, him coming out also would be justification for the heel side losing, too. And they, they wouldn't lose any shine in doing so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could be completely out to lunch with that. I, I guess I, the, the problem with that is that he's on Team Raw the next night. Well, you know, they're trying to, you know, convince him. Since All right, it's going to be CM Punk. <laughs> I, if it's, <laughs> no, I mean, if it's, it's I, I just think that, I, I think with all this mixing, I think it's going to be a main roster person. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And, and, and it'll be, it, you know, there, what connection does that person have to teaming with Tomasa Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic? I don't know, <laughs> but probably none. But I, I just think that given the nature of this weekend, I really, get the feeling it's going to be a main roster person because it's not a main roster person. Who's it going to be? Right. I mean, Velveteen Dream, but I I think the injury, you know, A, I don't think is healed. And B, that would be kind of a letdown almost just to have it be the, believe it or not, if the injured guy makes his return as logical as that sounds, it would almost be a letdown, I think, given the nature of this weekend. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I think that. Kevin Owens is a Kevin Owens is a solid pick. So, all right, women's war games match. Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim taking on Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Kaylee Ray. This should be a very good match, as you guys alluded to earlier. Uh when you go to pick a, a victor here, I just I feel like Ripley is riding kind of a wave of success right now. She's been got getting a lot of attention. We've had her match with Becky Lynch on NXT TV this past Wednesday night, which opened the show. It makes me want to pick her team. At the same time, it's hard to pick against Shayna Baszler, though. Um, and then Io Shirai, God, she's been doing awesome stuff for weeks and weeks and weeks on NXT. Uh, Bianca Belair, of course. Kaylee Ray's a new face. Uh there's definitely more star power on the Baszler team, for sure. It, it kind of comes down to how hard they're going to push Rhea Ripley. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would kind of be swayed based on which match goes on last, I think, to pick this one. Um, but if, I am, if I'm picking... If I'm picking Ciampa and Keith Lee and, and that whole team in the last one, I think I got to go with Baszler's team here. What do you think about that, Justin? I agree with your logic, and it, it was actually kind of the same thing for me. Was you know I'm going with undisputed era, so I was like, well, I should probably pick the you know the the babyface team. Especially, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the uh, the talented Mrs. Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's what I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna utilize my logic there. Although you know this really is a toss up for me, but I'll go with Team Ripley. Yeah. Well, that's when wrestling's the best, though, guys, is when you, you can't pick a victor. It's it's tough, Kyle. It is. And speaking of tough, I think there's the wild card of Dakota Kai. We talked about this, I think, last week where her being left off the babyface team, they played that up and it would actually be logical storyline wise for her to turn heel. But I think everyone is in agreement that Dakota Kai becoming a heel is a terrible idea. Yes. So, so we've got that situation to monitor. Uh, interested to hear from you guys. Rhea Ripley 
the talented Rhea Ripley, as we will now call her on this program. Is it for her? Is it wins the NXT women's title over Baszler or goes to the main roster for you guys? Like it's gotta be one of those two options, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have been very impressed with her. I'd like to see her win the NXT women's title first. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I don't know if that's a prerequisite for, you know, it depends, you know, and I think Shayna Baszler, you know, with her, you got to wonder how, what, if her future, how tied that is to Ronda Rousey returning. I think you, you put the title on Ripley and start transitioning for Baszler. You go to the main roster. Okay. I mean, somebody Personally. will be, yeah. And again, just like we talked about in the, uh, the men's match, you know, if someone were to beat Baszler here, that's a, again, a way to do a ready-made title program. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to pick the heel team here, though. Okay. Well, maybe that's smart money. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but you're agreeing with me, so we'll, we shall see. It's going to be a good show. The excitement, like we said, is uh, maybe a little bit below previous takeovers but i think once it starts you can expect four matches that are gonna tear it down for sure i, I can mean, this is a good card i can ensure my picks are correct by at the last minute changing my picks to your guys's <laughs> also i'm gonna say that i'm gonna hate every match and give them four and a half stars <laughs> <laughs> okay dave yeah well I don't know, Justin. I don't know if that's a good choice because in the past on these preview shows, your picks always end up doing better than ours, it seems like, at least in recent months. So I think you might want to stick with yours. It's normally because I I switch my pick because, you know, you guys convinced me. I just go with you. Yeah, yeah, that's always (laughs) when Justin gets wrong. Like Justin, yeah, Justin, his Russell Rumble entries always get ruined because he's like, oh, you know what? I listen to you guys and I switch the picks and then he like switches the wrong pick. Oh, there's been so many times where it's like, Justin, you would have won $500 if you would have just stuck with your gut. (laughs) I'm going to stick with it this time. Yes. All right. Before we get to the Survivor Series, fellas, I think I wanted to throw out this question. I didn't ask you this ahead of time. I am kind of putting you on the spot. Uh Oh, so bear with me here. But and I know Kyle's going to kind of get into this topic in, in the deep dive of the week here in a little bit. But do you have... A fight, a favorite Survivor Series event in history, or even a favorite Survivor Series match. Maybe I shouldn't say match because we're going to get into that with Kyle. But a favorite Survivor Series event that really stands out to you. If you if you had to pick one that you would throw on on the award winning WWE Network, Kyle, what would it be? Let me go to you first. It's a very very good question by our host, Ryan Drosty. Um, that's why they pay him the big bucks. It's funny because oh, yeah. Survivor Series really is the, the one of the big four where there's not anything close to a consensus for what the best Survivor Series is ever, right? Right. And whatever that answer is, is it a blowaway show? No. So <laughs> I, I act, it's funny that you asked this because I actually was like thinking about it randomly <laughs> during the week. Um, in terms of shows that really worked as a whole, the first one worked as a whole. Uh, 95 and 96, I like. 02, I like. 03, I kind of like, but there's some bad stuff there too. And, you know, the last few years, to be honest with you, 
we'll get into this with the deep dives, have a high concentration of good matches, you know, for as, as far as like all time matches that happen at Survivor Series go. Yeah. My favorite one, though, God, um, because like 02, like the Brock thing pisses me off. That was dumb having him lose to the big show. Um, and I also kind of hate that time period, but I think what the event is supposed to be, and they've again, maybe we'll get into this a little bit, you know, because the it, it, these elimination matches which are the show's identity. The problem is, you know, their failure, quote unquote, to be like draws, I think is a self-fulfilling prophecy in that WWE often doesn't do a good job at making them seem important. Mm -hmm. In terms of what the show was originally designed to be, I think the first one's the best one. Okay. Justin, do you have a take? For me, it's all nostalgia. It's just, it was one that, you know, I was lucky enough to record on VHS when it came out and I watched it all the time. Um, it just, it just takes me back to a very, very happy place. And uh, not to mention Gobbledygooker, it's the 1990 Survivor Series. <laughs> I, I loved it. You know what? And I really liked the concept of that one where the baby face survivors you know, went up against the heel survivors in the last match. I, I, I thought that was cool. Only year they did it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I know, and then, and there's not like, a, you know, the matches aren't really all that good, but it's just, it's, it's really nice nostalgia for me. I think I would have to go with survivor series 96. It's got, I think the best match. I think I was just so pumped for that match at the time growing up a massive Bret Hart fan waiting for his comeback after losing to Sean at Mania 12 and to see him wrestle Steve Austin at that show was awesome. It's got the dynamic of that Sid, <laughs> the, the once advertised Top Rope Nation guest, Psycho Sid, who may or may not be on the show in the future still. Still working on that one. But uh, Sid taking on Shawn Michaels in Madison Square Garden, which was just a crazy dynamic to watch. You know, Sid being the heel, but the New York crowd cheering him so hard. It's, it's a fun match to watch back. And you, you got uh, Rocky Maivia making his debut at that show. It's not a great show, top to bottom. Like you said, Kyle, there's not really a consensus pick for there. There isn't Survivor a series event. Okay, if you were to do a top 10 big four pay-per-views ever, would, would there be a Survivor Series in it? No, for sure no. not. No. I agree. But for me, you got like those three things on that show that have some intrigue and it's it's a nostalgia thing for me too. I just remember really looking yeah. forward to that show as a kid. The opener on ninety six is pretty fun too, with Furnace and Lafon debuting. Mm -hmm. And you know, getting to mix it up with Owen and Davey. I know that Furnace and Lafon did not exactly uh, set the world on fire in their WWF run, but um they kind of got over that night and they look good. Um, the Team Vader versus Team Yoko may be the single worst Survivor Series match of all time, but uh, <laughs> I digress. You know, I also kind of want to give some love to 98. There's not really any good matches on it, but it was just almost a perfectly executed show. It is Vince Russo's best book show ever. Yeah. It, it is the yeah, one I time do. Vince Russo got it right. 
I do remember listening through the uh, pay-per-view fuzz or the scrambled channel on that one. So, yeah. And to Justin's point about no good matches, um, we've kind of lamented in the past. I think how WWE is probably the worst promotion ever when it comes to doing tournaments. Mm-hmm. That was a good tournament storyline wise, despite there not being anything close to a good match. I, well, Steve Austin and Dude Love, the semi was pretty dramatic. Um, I, I don't know if I would give it more than like three or three and quarter star, but um, yeah, that in terms of the WWE, their view of how a tournament should be done, I think that was probably the best one they did. Their way of doing a tournament. The, yeah. the first King of the Rings probably a better show, but um, hmm. yeah. All right. Well, just just a question I thought I'd throw out there, see where you guys were at on that. We always like talking nostalgia on here. So, all right, this year's Survivor Series 2019 edition in Chicago. Uh, looking at this card, kind of hard to pick where to start. I think I'll throw out the uh, tag team match right away. Uh, this is the brand supremacy triple threat oh. tag team match. <laughs> <laughs> to start us out on such a high note, the Viking Raiders. Taking on the new day, taking on undisputed era. Who do we think is going over here, Mr. Kyle Ross? You know, Justin referenced it. I'm very glad he did earlier the very outstanding undisputed era revival match that took place on NXT TV this past week. <laughs> it's very WWE to present a match that good, and then on the pay per view, you will have a match which almost certainly will not be as good. Uh, I don't, uh, the only intriguing thing on this card to me is how are the NXT guys positioned? Like, are, are they going to be made to look as equals? Are they going to win any matches? Um, I don't see the Viking Raiders winning this. No. And by the way, a lot of these NXT folks, tip of the cap, they're going to be worked like dogs man this adam cole <laughs> we'll get to him he's got this wrist injury my god they're running him ragged uh i'm gonna pick new day because of course as you know kofi kingston needs a big win you know because he's really fired up to get that you know world title back from brock Les. oh wait no they're not gonna do that at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i would have to pick the new day too just because i feel like you can't have undisputed era win uh 24 hours after wrestling a war games match and Viking Raiders just have no chance. So Justin, uh, I'm going to go with the Viking Raiders. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you would. He'll probably end think, up being right too. I think well, they need it more than any of the other teams. That's probably, well, yeah, I'd that's agree. probably true. Um, look, I have some overarching themes with the survivor series show. And <laughs> here's the problem. It doesn't fucking matter who wins. You know, okay, but in the the one thing, and that's like the one way they can make this matter is like NXT has to have a huge night. Not only to uh, you, you solidify Wednesdays that way, also, because otherwise, yeah, none of it matters. Um, so I, you know, you know, spoiler alert for the big matches, I'm going to go NXT. That's why I'm going to give these wow. these smaller ones to like the Raw and SmackDowns. Wow, I, I kind of liking that take. I don't oh know God. if I agree with it at all. I think you're you may be setting yourself up for disappointment. 
Yeah, well, I, he'll be laughing his way to the bank with that I, Wrestle Rumble I, check. Hey, God bless him. I hope he is. I know people are pulling for NXT. <laughs> I hope their position will look good. But look, over under a week and a half that this NXT invasion is still going on. I don't think it's going to be going on after this show. I, I hope it doesn't. I don't think that's the point. I think this is just to showcase NXT, to, to really show that this is up there as important as it's, Ron's that, that it's that it's not a C show. It's not developmental. It's not a C show. I mean, I guess that's the thing. If the point of this year's Survivor Series is to raise the profile of NXT, then I guess that's at least something. You know, it, it's mm. something that's more intriguing than fucking brand supremacy, which no one cares about. But, you know, we'll get into the lack of personal issues a little bit later. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think NXT. I think NXT, they're not going to win much, but we're going to get the Michael Cole, but they, by God, they prove they belong tonight. I think that's what we're getting. Yeah. Because they, they gave it a good effort, and the matches were good. All right, brand supremacy triple threat match. God damn it, stop it with this fucking brand supremacy. <laughs> AJ Styles, the US champ. Shinsuke Nakamura, the IC champ. Roderick Strong, the North American champion. Justin, are you picking Roderick Strong here? I am not, but he is a great sweater also. He's probably top three. <laughs> um, I Man, this one's tough. I I think I'm I I gotta go AJ Styles. And I don't have a Seems reason. Like the just, safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle? Yeah, this is actually I think the easiest pick. Well, it's not the easiest pick. There's one that's easier. A couple that are easier, even. But as far as these brand supremacy matches go, uh this is the easiest pick. I think that it's AJ Styles. Um by the way, have you ever thought about this? AJ Styles, granted. He was probably the most talented guy they got from the outside world, but didn't go through NXT. And has a lot more success on the main roster than the NXT folks do. That interests me. Something I think about every once in a while. Very over guy. Do you think it's because he was he was such a known commodity coming in, though? I mean, he had been on television. I mean, I mean the, the, the number one thing is he's just very talented. Yeah. Former. And I mean, he came in guns and blaze. I, I just think it, there's something to it where, you know, you know, Triple H in his conference calls and all the media he does is very uh, pointed to point out that, um, you know, oh, well, you know, these guys do all this stuff outside WWE, but, you know, NXT, you know, their experience there, you know, really gives them the tools to succeed on the main roster. Yet here's this guy who came in from the outside world, did not go through NXT at all, and has had more success than anyone from NXT, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we've had this discussion a lot on the show and how when they bring up people from NXT, uh, I don't know if that's the right lingo anymore because they're supposed to be equals now, but when they bring up people from NXT to the main roster, so to speak, we've always talked about how seems like they don't introduce them well like they assume everyone watches nxt and then like a lot of the main general audience just doesn't know who the people are but with someone like aj styles who had i know impact and tna didn't do the greatest ratings but at one point they were around a million people when aj was there on spike um he's someone who had been on tv since 
2002 in North America and then the New Japan stuff and the Ring of Honor stuff. I think he had that level of, you know, people knew who he was. Uh, and even in like the age of YouTube, even if people weren't watching it, New Japan or TNA, AJ Styles is one of those guys outside of WWE that it seemed like a lot of people were familiar with. You know, so when he came in for that Royal Rumble, he got the huge pop and you do have kind of a hardcore audience at a Royal Rumble event. But I, I got to think some of it is just because he was kind of a known commodity, don't you think? Sure. I'll just throw this question to both you guys. Is the quote unquote toolkit that these guys pick up from NXT overrated? Yes, for the big stars. Like for the Kevin Owens and well, I don't know about Finn Balor. I'm guessing he picked up a few things, but I don't know. You know, I bet it's 50-50. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly guys. I mean, like a guy like Keith Lee absolutely should be an XT and pick some stuff up. But, you know, I, I think this there are guys who can absolutely just do one takeover match and that's all they need. Yeah, it, it benefits certain people. Don't you think it benefited someone like Corbin? Yeah, oh, go through for NXT? Sure. yeah, because, yeah. Well, I mean, that he's a completely different thing. I'm not saying that NXT's, you know, I'm saying, I mean, AJ Styles, that's like complete, like Baron Corbin, like, didn't come from anywhere. He was a football player. I mean, he was a exactly. football player. I mean, they need him yeah. for that, but I'm saying for the, you know, for the AJs, for the Shinsuke, you know, these guys who were big stars in other promotions. You know, yeah, Shinsuke never needed to go there. Yeah, you know, like Triple H is, you know, very adamant. Oh, well, you know, they might have been big stars elsewhere, but they, you know, we, we teach them some stuff. And, you know, I know Shinsuke has some, sometimes has some issues working in front of the hard camp, but, you know, Ryan men- or uh, Justin mentioned Kevin Owens. You know, he's just another guy. Like some of these guys, what are they really pick? Do they really need to pick it up? I mean, or is it something where they could just be down there for, three weeks and or you know three months and it's hey your main roster ready of course there's the issue of being log jammed too the main mm. roster there's not a lot of spots yeah no I, th- I think the bigger stars don't really need to go through there and aj illustrates that i don't i didn't think nakamura ever needed to go through there he did have a good run with nxt but yeah probably probably not as necessary for those guys the people that have been around the indies for years and years and years about uh, definitely Oh, I was gonna I was gonna go with something totally different. Sorry. I was gonna say Ban- Balor. You know, he, I don't think he actually needed to go through NXT. He had been around for quite a while and been a big star in Japan. Uh, did he benefit from it? Yeah, probably. Just learning how to work the WWE cameras and everything. But uh, certainly, his NXT run was better than his main roster run. Well, that comes down to booking. But uh, yeah, what are you gonna say about Brian? He was originally supposed to be in this match, apparently, according to Meltzer, instead of Nakamura, because you know they had teased that Brian Nakamura feud. Yeah. And apparently, according to Dave's reporting, it was supposed to be AJ versus Daniel Bryan versus Roderick Strong. My God, what a match that, that would have been. Oh, no kidding. Hmm. Probably would have rather seen that one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> will Shin will Shinsuke Nakamura's lack of effort tear down two people in this match? That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a really good match still. But, um, we can't really pick the NXT title match other than I think it's pretty much a lock Adam Cole retains. We don't know who he's going to be facing. I kind of split on that earlier. Uh, this um, would not be the spot to do an NXT title change in front of a crowd. No, absolutely where, not. You know, maybe you're going to have some, well, 
it's a traveling crowd, so people do follow the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I just no, I would not change that title here. Uh, the t- like the the women's and the men's Survivor Series elimination matches with Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. We got the TBA there, so it makes it uh, makes it a little harder to pick. All right, well, I, I well I've got some things to talk about, despite the and, okay. <laughs> and the, I think we can just lump these both together, kind of then. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is hard to pick, and again, this is where it doesn't matter at all, and this is where my like. Justin talked about, it. I think you've mentioned it too, Ryan, in the course of the last hour, just these random people invading and attacking random people. I know Survivor Series has always kind of been arbitrary team building, you know, even going back to like the old school ones, but at least those had like, you know, captains and those captains had like a personal issue. And there was kind of the thought, well, they chose their team members. These five-on-five-on-five uh, on five on five elimination matches, why do these people want to be in these matches? What is the value of them winning them? I, I'm just scratching my head with this. I think this stuff is just, like, so bad. Apparently, you've never heard of brand supremacy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like, and the thing is too, we just did a draft. It's not like, oh God, nothing says raw red, like Charlotte Flair. <laughs> you know, and that's no, remember we, we, we joked about this during the draft when we broke it down, you know, it made sense to do a draft with the shows being on different networks now, but you know, what's your first major pay-per-view? It was going to be Survivor Series. Other than Lashley and Rusev, which has been panned in most circles, there's been hardly a single personal issue developed on these two shows. It's just been people from the other show running on in and attacking people. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say this right now, and I don't want to let it ruminate for you guys. With the WWE's problem, it's not that it's inferior to New Japan or AEW or whatever you know, other wrestling product maybe you enjoy more. The WWE's problem is it's an inferior version of itself. Where are the personal issues? Where are the storylines? Where are the individual characters I can care about? These are just a bunch of people that are getting a t-shirt thrown on them by the invisible gym teacher. (laughs) Uh, That's true. It's very, very true. And it makes me want to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's not a lot of emotional investment in either of these matches and i don't really have a pick to be honest with you for either because it just doesn't matter i mean the team smackdown with the men okay they're very clearly been building up well you know the baby face and heels don't get along that makes sense um but you know will that cost them the match you know i know there's been talk of like doing Roman and Corbin like at the December pay-per-view, which is the opposite of inspiring. And I like both those guys, but it's just, it's just not very inspiring at this point. I mean, does Seth Rollins turn heel and cost team raw his match? I mean, I'm just trying to throw out something. It's like, you know, what is this? You know, what is the story? We we don't know who's on NXT. So, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and all, and that's a killer too. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of these people might be seeing NXT guys for the first time. Well, who are the guys I'm supposed to focus on? Who are the guys that define NXT? Eh, well, we're just going to pick five, throw them in an NXT T-shirt, and that's your NXT team. <laughs> By the way, God yeah. bless. Is this whole thing a troll job at everyone who complained about the T-shirts the last couple of years? Because I feel they actually need them this year. Yeah, no kidding, because you don't know who's on which. Yeah, sure seems like it. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's really hard to pick not knowing who's on NXT. I don't know if if Justin, this is where you were going with some of your NXT picks or not, but uh, yeah, for both of them, NXT for both. Okay. Yep. Well, all right. I hope Kyle, so- you have any picks. I hope someone from NXT gets the Mike Knox treatment from 2006 that Shawn Michaels gave him where he just like pins him right away and just asks, who was that guy? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. As I look at the teams, I'm more likely to pick SmackDown in the men's match. And yeah, SmackDown in the men's match, I would say, I guess. And then maybe NXT. In the women's, just because I I would assume like Baszler might be in that match, but I don't know for sure. So, or no, Baszler's not going to be in that match. She's in the triple threat. Shit. So she's probably not going to be in that match. I don't know. I guess probably. (sighs) I think I go SmackDown with the men's and Raw with the women's, just alternating it. Because 50 50, right? I just don't know how you can pick them, and I don't know if it matters. I, my only hope for the WWE in the next couple of weeks is that we get some semblance of, okay, I can see maybe what the big plans are for WrestleMania. Because at this point last yeah. year, we were all kind of, you know, Becky Lynch got hurt and got taken out of the Ronda match. And we we're all like, you know what? This worked out for her because she's going to get the WrestleMania match against Ronda Rousey. And she did. Mm-hmm. I'll ask you again. What's the WrestleMania match this year? What's the big match? No what idea. Are you, what are your title <laughs> matches? You, you have two men's titles, and can you come up with an int- one intriguing option? You know, I saw, you know, they might do Lesnar versus the Fiends. I don't know how they get that Meltzer was going on about this stuff. Or, you know, the Fiend versus Roman Reigns. And I'm just like, that ain't it, man. I think the Fiend and Lesnar is decent. I think that they could do that. That would be entertaining. I don't, so you're doing a title versus title scenario, possibly there. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, of those two, that's by far the more intriguing. I would say. Mm. And I do want to say, I guess it's not impossible. Baszler would be on Team NXT, but yeah, we'll see. It's T, it's TBI, so we don't know. Um. Let's transition that right away then to that women's triple threat with Lynch and Bailey and Baszler. This is the one that I am picking NXT in. I'm picking Shayna Baszler here because I do think she's going to be on the main roster relatively soon. So I'm going to go with her just getting that win to give her the legitimacy with the with the main roster audience, Justin. Um, boy, this is tough because this just doesn't do any favors to any of the champions here because somebody's got to take an L. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm still going with my theory of this is to build up NXT. So I got, you know, them winning the two uh, Team Raws versus Team SmackDowns. Um, 
I need a SmackDown winner, so I'm going to go Bailey. She can use some shenanigans and some heel maneuvers to get a win. Bailey would be my second pick. I feel like the other two need it more than Lynch. So, but I'll stay with Baszler. But I could see that too, Kyle. He would be very WWE to have Bailey win, right? Because like she really doesn't belong in the match. As far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, I mean, I get that it's the champion of every brand, so technically she does belong. But to me, a Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, you talk about personal issues, building off of you know Becky's feud with Ronda is far more interesting than this. Ba- Bailey yeah. Bailey's presence in this match is the opposite of a value add for me. Um, this would be a heck of a spot to have bring Ronda back, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, on a show that doesn't have a ton of hype, that could, I could pop the crowd for sure. I could, um, God, you know, like I thought like Bailey would have like no chance, but like Justin mentioned it. And then I'm like thinking it's like, oh, well, WWE's going to think, well, no one thinks Bailey's going to win. So let's have her win. Which is like the shittiest kind of booking. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just does not matter, which is a problem on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll pick. I'm not picking any NXT people um, on this show. I'll go with, I'll go with Bailey. Because it makes no right. sense. <laughs> All right. Um, Brock and Ray. So I do think, given it a little time, this should be a pretty good match. Brock has had his best matches with smaller guys since his return. We've kind of talked about this on the show in the past, but you look at his matches with AJ, his matches, his match with uh, Daniel Bryan, his match with CM Punk. This should be good. Ray was talking about. I think it was last May in interviews when he was when you know talking about his WWE return and. He talked about wanting to have another match with Brock Lesnar. That was on his agenda. And so here it is. I think obviously Lesnar is going to win. But uh, what you're looking for is how long does it go on and uh, how good of a match is it? And I think I think it'd be pretty good if given a little bit of time. But Brock is the obvious pick, right, Justin? Yeah, I think I don't see any scenario that, you know, doesn't involve uh, Kane Vasquez coming down and ruining it for Lesnar. This is the only scenario I see where Ray could possibly win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Lesnar. Wait, WWE signed Kane Velasquez? <laughs> oh, that's right. Remember that? Well, that was fun. I forgot about all that. Yeah. This company. Uh, you know, Justin, or uh, pardon me, Ryan, you mentioned it you know, just moments ago that we, we've seen this formula now, uh, the last two Survivor Series with Styles and Brian. Uh, both matches were good. I expect this to follow the same pattern where, you know, Brock dominates small guys, small guy, in this case, Ray gets a bunch of hope spots and then small guy loses. So uh, th- this, this to be fair though, is the one program on this show that has been built well. Yes. In, since uh, the crown jewel show, they've been good promos. Um, I've been reading some of the back issues of the observer. They're up to Oh two. Uh, right around Survivor Series, actually, right now. Uh, this is a match that Paul Heyman, when he had the book uh, in SmackDown back then, wanted to do. So I expect this to be quite good. Yeah, same. By the way, by the way reading all those back issues of The Observer from 02 has actually made me so much more. I 
texted you guys this like a couple weeks ago. It's made me actually more negative towards WWE because they're right. The same issues that were plaguing the WWE in 2002 plague them today. And it's like so hmm. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, two, let's see, this was in June, and Mysterio was talking to Wrestling Inc. and talked about a, a possible match with Brock. Mysterio said, why not? I hit it off with Brock early in his career. Every now and then, people will post on social media some of the matches we had, and we were doing some crazy things for that time. This was 2003, maybe. What you were seeing was unbelievable, so I wouldn't mind going back into the ring with Brock. And here it is. So, who said there's no longer working in this company? <laughs> Sixteen years later, yeah, I I do have high expectations for this one, though. I do think it's going to be a good match. So that leaves us with uh, one more match to discuss, and that's the one they went to on short notice with <laughs> Wyatt defending against Daniel Bryan. Uh, wondering, you know, the last few weeks what Bryan was doing, but last week on SmackDown, he he worked a heel promo. Uh, and, uh, he's not going to win here. You got to keep the match or the, the belt on Wyatt, but this is another one that has the potential to be a pretty good match. And, uh, it's good to see Brian in a world title match again, after, you know, we were, we were pretty vocal on the show in the last several months when, uh, Brian wasn't really a focal point on the shows and thinking about how this is a guy we never thought we'd see him back in the ring again. And then he was kind of an afterthought when he should have been a bigger deal. It's gone through some character changes this year, but uh, we see him here in, in a championship match. Got to go with Bray Wyatt, but I would say high expectations for this match, Justin. Yeah. Um, definitely got to be Bray Wyatt. I, I, I do have a concern that Bray Wyatt matches could become similar to Brock Lesnar matches where, you know, Lesnar matches are the suplex city and Bray Wyatt matches might become the kicks out of a finisher 10 times matches. Um, so hopefully they can do something a little bit different, but I, there's just no way that Daniel Bryan wins this match. Hopefully no red light. Oh my God, please. No <laughs> Kyle. Brian's smart enough. He'll try to find a way to work around the pattern is my hope. You know, Daniel Bryan takes pride in his work. He doesn't like to work patterned matches. It's one of the reasons I love him with all my heart and soul. Um, they've done such a great job building Daniel Bryan as a world title contender by having him lose, I believe, eight of his last nine matches on television, including one of the <laughs> NXT champion. This, this fucking show. He has no chance of winning. Can you imagine Daniel Bryan getting a, a world title match on a major pay-per-view and I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. At least they're positioning him there though. Like I said, I which but is look, an improvement versus the tag team that he was languishing in forever. Yeah. And losing a lot too, yeah. to mid card guys. Um, I, th this is my point. And this is, you know, I talked about 2002 a moment ago, the survivor series, the last three years has produced, um, some pretty high end matches, but, I just think people need to think about this. And and quite frankly, with some of the names on this list, I, I expect a lot of these matches to be good. Good matches do not absolve shitty creative. And that is something that fans need to think about more. And I'm yeah. sorry. I just think the build to this show has been abhorrent. 
I just I don't right. care. It's just people just running around attacking people. And yeah, it seemed like on paper maybe it sounds cool, but in practice it's just very flawed. Mm-hmm. I think the invasion was pretty cool when it started, but it's it didn't last. The momentum didn't last. I, I guess yeah, it's just I, I've been burned a lot of times by emotionally investing in this product. I just don't believe it's going to mean anything. Like for mm-hmm. me, I already kind of like, like I get, there is a value and Justin talked about it. If the goal of Survivor Series 2019 is to get more eyeballs on the NXT product, that's not a horrible thing, um, but we'll see if that happens. If there's a substantial increase, my guess is, I don't know if there will be. So, Justin, you wanted to talk. He threw out the text message here a second ago. I saw it. Rey Mysterio's best match in WWE. Do we have an answer for this? I did not. That's why I threw it out there. I didn't know you were going to bring it up on the show. (laughs) You threw it out there, and I thought, well, maybe this is something to talk about after we wrap up Survivor Series. So those are all the matches, by the way. You can, uh, again, you can enter WrestleRumble.com, win some cash, um, but that's how we see it going. Very unpredictable, but Ray Mysterio is probably not going to win over Brock Lesnar. But if we talk about this right before we get to the deep dive of the week from Kyle, Ray Mysterio's best WWE match. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I mean, singles match. I have a hard time thinking of one. I, I know I enjoyed the 06 rumble that he won. And oh, really, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I like the I like the ending to that. I thought it was a it was a good one. I fuck, I, hate, I hated Triple H riding his coattails. It was actually actively making me angry at the time. I would have a hard time picking one. Maybe we should do that as a uh, deep dive. Let me think about it because you put me on the spot. I'm like going through because it's like he's been around for so long that I'm like trying to go through 17 years. And boy, is that <laughs> yeah? I just I'll have to I, think I about found- that one. I found it interesting just because, you know, you guys are very high on this Lesnar Mysterio match and it's easy to say what is best, you know, WCW matches. Shit, he's got like three of them, but comes to mm-hmm. WWE, it's a little bit tougher. Yeah. The, the, well, the thing is, do you know what makes it difficult is a lot of his best work isn't done in like that high profile setting where it's easy to remember. Like, I has he had a great WrestleMania match? But I remember that the triple threat at 22 was not long enough. Being yeah. in the crowd at that show, I wanted it to get more time. Yeah, and the thing is, Ray, when he was on SmackDown, like that 05, you know, when he was SmackDown was really built around him, like 05, 06, he had a lot of great TV matches. This is something for the deep dive for sure. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get back up to you next yeah. week, folks, on the deep dive for my best WWE Rey Mysterio match. That is a great question. I, ju- I just saw the text message pop up, so I had to throw it out there. But we will revisit that topic in the future. Ray, not gonna walk away from this show, WWE champion, but uh, we'll be watching for a good match out of that. And uh, like we said there at the finish, Brian also probably not walking out with the uh, the Universal title, but. Uh, that's the card. WrestleRumble.com. Win $500 predicting the show. Maybe follow our advice. Maybe not. But see if you can beat our scores. Uh, the next day after the show, they always throw out the email with the rankings and everything. You, you will see our names on there if we make the cut in the top 25. All right, Kyle. It's time for the Kyle Ross. I love this sport. 
deep dive of the week. Take it away. Okay. Uh, anyone who is a patron, uh, hopefully got access to uh, matches 30 through 16 on a, my top Survivor Series list last it week. It is published. It's okay. Up. So I've got 15 through one uh, all done now. We're going to throw that up as well. You guys have seen the list. Um, what did you think of it? I was I was pretty sure that was what your number one was going to be, so I can't say I was surprised at all. Um, I guess looking through it, though, like your whole 30 through one list brought back memories because a lot of these matches I just completely forgot about. And that kind of goes back to this being kind of of the big four, kind of a forgettable show some years. You know, so. Yeah, I, I wrote this, and if you're a patron, you can see this. I, I, I kind of I was bored one night and just kept writing and writing my thoughts down that I've had. You know, it's not just that the identity of the show, these elimination matches, you know, have minimal stakes, sometimes none. The thing with Survivor Series, when you think of Survivor Series, what's the first thing you think of? Uh, just the elimination matches. No, no, no. What the, if, if I say the name Survivor Series, what's the first thing you think of? In oh, well, the screw job. Yes. And that's like not, you know, that's not like this great creative moment. I mean, it's obviously very historically important, but it's not like, it's not classic wrestling storytelling, right? Right. It's this stunning moment where, you know, kind of the world stopped. And then the other like famous part of Survivor Series is why the event was even created in the first place to fuck with the first uh, Jim Crockett promotions pay-per-view, Starcade 87. And it Mm -hmm. really screwed them over. So like, I feel like, you know, they don't have, you know, we, they, you always hear a lot of WrestleMania moments. What are like the great Survivor Series moments? There just aren't, you know, the, the, there aren't that many in the classic sense, I think. But, you know, as far as the deep dive goes, matches 2 through 12 on this list, you could just throw these in a blender and organize them anyway, and I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, it's like real uh, close, real thin line. And anyone who checks out the list um, uh, can, can see these. But the match I want to draw attention to um, is number six on the list because I'm a little higher on it than most, and I really want people to check it out. I told Justin to check it out earlier. Is the Triple H Ric Flair Last Man Standing match from 2005. Um, I love this match. A lot of blood. I think this and the cage match at Taboo Tuesday are probably Flair's best work in the 2000s. I like vaguely remember this match. I don't uh, think I've seen it since. So, so it was funny because like I, it was not something that I automatically was prepared to have high. And then I watched it. I'm like, holy God, is this a good match? And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, why do I love this so much? I was something that like, why do I love this so much? What was it about it? And you know what a real key is for this and that Taboo Tuesday cage match for Flair is a lot of times he got into the habit of kind of wrestling as a parody, almost of his 80s self. Mm. But here he works like he should have an old man fighting for his life. Like he's just like this, <laughs> like he's just doing desperate stuff. I mean, when he reaches out and just grabs and squeezes Triple H's dick 
top 10 WWE moment of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Triple H sells it because all the egomaniacs love sell the, you know, sell the shots to the nuts. But uh, that was great. Yeah, I'm higher on this match than most, I think. Um, secretly, I don't mind Triple H's 2005 that much. In a related story, he was not the world heavyweight champion most that year. <laughs> Yes, related for sure. Yeah, and if anyone is interested in what my favorite elimination match is, I'll let you know uh, without even having to sign up. It is the 2016 Team Raw versus Team SmackDown match. Call me a hypocrite. Uh, Brand supremacy, again, a very stupid selling point. But watching this, uh, just recently, I watched it last week again to just kind of confirm that I I liked it as much. There were a lot more well-defined personal issues going on in this match than you see uh, here in 2019. You know what you could even do 2016 survivor series. That's in the top rope nation era. You could go back in our archives and listen to us talk about that show at the time. Yeah. And of course that show concluded with one of the all time great uh, moments, Bill Goldberg squashing Brock Lesnar in a minute. Mm. This is so (laughs) incredible. I watched it again after I watched this. God, I was just in tears. What a moment. <laughs> but by, by the way, I, I, the thing that struck me too about that Team Raw versus Team SmackDown match in 2016, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton had a lot of potential to be a big time tag team and were split up way, way too soon, especially for such a shitty feud. <laughs> Are you surprised? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the defeated no. No, no, I am not. Yeah, but uh, a lot more comments here on 15 through 1, as you guys saw. Um, lot, it, was, it was a lot more verbose here. So you'll get to check that out if you're a patron. Sign up. Yeah, pat- patreon.com slash Nation. We got the links to Kyle's two documents, 30 through 15 and 15 through 1. Top Survivor Series matches of all time. He's got descriptions for all of them. It's a really good read. And uh, if you want to go back in the archives and deep dive episode 15, I just looked it up. November 22nd, 2016, we did a post show that night right after Survivor Series talking about it. So if you want to hear our initial reactions to the to the uh, match Kyle just mentioned, it's in the archives. I don't know if I loved it as much as I did like this second and third time I saw it. Like I was really taken aback the second time I saw it. I was like, wow, this was really good. And then I watched it again last week for the third time. And I was like, yeah. Good. I think tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna open up that old episode and see what you said at the time. <laughs> just just I out I'm, of curiosity. I remember we we went on late and I was just absolutely stunned about the Goldberg Lesnar result. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say hammered. <laughs> I, probably I was, was absolutely hammered. Yes. Yeah, I probably was. Who knows? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think with that said. Let's take it home. It's It's been a long show, but we went through two big big events happening this weekend. We had a lot of news to talk about. Covered a lot on episode 123. Justin Joint, Kyle Ross. Got to thank you guys for joining me on the line, as always. Always good to talk some pro graphs with you guys. Any uh, parting comments? Justin, you got any big plans for the weekend outside of wrestling? Uh, yeah, Housework. Nothing fun. Yeah. The life of a married man with kids. Yep. Yes. Uh, you, Kyle? I ignore my wife and child. <laughs> he just sits in his office watching wrestling all day. No, that's not true. I'll <laughs> tell you what. I'm, I'm very proud of myself. Not only did I uh, not fart uh, while we were doing this show, I 
somehow held the fact that I had to pee for the last uh, <laughs> hour. <laughs> I've actually had to pee for about the last 20 minutes. So it's not that's, good a, that's, a, that's a good. Uh, what's that? It's not good for the kidneys. That's true. George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well check out the patreon page of course subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and like i said at the top of the show we are streaming on youtube the stream is still going strong subscribe head on over to youtube.com slash top rope nation and uh, we'll do more of these live streams if you didn't join us this week now you know about it listening on the podcast you can join us live next week as we record justin that's the last so. tv show i watched by the way seinfeld <laughs> also in his office while his uh kid and wife were screaming down yeah. on the other level that's, of the a, house. that's an all-fair remark when i did like inform justin that other than wrestling that i don't watch any shows i told him that i had like watched none of the new star wars movies oh man don't tell justin that he'll think of I, you completely i already did i already you already know he already knows I know you don't, but that I'm saying you don't want to tell him that. That's not a good move. I'll I got well. I've only watched episode one of Mandalorian, so I gotta I gotta get back after that. But uh, all right, guys. Well, enjoy Survivor Series. Enjoy Takeover. Hit us up on social media at Top Rope Nation on Instagram, on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next week with episode 124. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.